0: Hello there, you are listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast episode number 36. Today we are going to dig into a subject that can make a lot of us feel more than a little uncomfortable, how to deal with difficult clients. Well my friends, we are going to face that challenge head on and I'm going to share the practical steps and mindset shifts we need to be making to manage those tough circumstances when they arise. And notice I said when and not if. I'll share some of my own experiences and how I've evolved my systems for dealing with unhappy customers, haters, and other folks who've got a gripe. This is all about getting really good at dealing with adversity so it doesn't suck up all your time, energy, money, and happiness. So are you ready to talk about the tough stuff? Let's do this. You're listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast. The show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. Around here, we believe that taking imperfect action rules. So we're creating space for you to dive in and fast track your success one workshop at a time. Now, refill your coffee cup, grab your notebook, and get ready to join in on your weekly training, listen to meaningful conversation, and learn from industry experts. Here's your host, Kelly Lawson. Hey there, welcome to episode 36 of the Workshop Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly, and I'm so excited about today's show because it's one of those areas where I see my clients and collaborators experiencing so much stress. And honestly, it doesn't need to rob you of your focus and resources, and it certainly doesn't have to be so hard. So, today we're talking about tricky customers. We're going to explore how they might be showing up in your business, and then we're going to get to the heart of the issue and look at the actions you can start taking today to convert difficult clients into raving fans, or at least turn them into people who aren't going to rob you of your joy and unfairly badmouth your business all over town. (laughs) By the end of the show, my goal is to take you from wanting to hide your head in the sand every time you're faced with a complaint or conflict, to embracing these situations as significant learning opportunities. Heck, I'll even take it one step further. I hope by the end of today's episode, you can see that tricky clients aren't actually a total pain in the neck at all, but a gift That's right. In some ways, difficult customers are your best customers because not only are they giving you valuable feedback, but they're also helping you to build your chops for future disgruntled characters in your business. That's not to say that every complaint is created equally. And I'm going to talk about how you can separate the legit gripes from the impossible to please types. But if you can learn to stay calm and really pay attention to the tough ones, there is a lot to be gained. When I say demanding clients are a gift, that's because they are giving you unsolicited market research. They are providing you with valuable intel, telling you in their very own words what's not working for them. They will point out ways your business can do better, which is essential for growth. And more importantly, they will point out the blind spots that you might have been missing in your business. Finally, Tricky customers are a gift because they provide super valuable training for dealing with uncomfortable situations and adversity. They're like the boot camp of service. Tough at the time, but they'll make you so much stronger and resilient in the long run. So let's start by acknowledging that even though it may not feel this way at the time, tough clients actually come with a decent silver lining for you. And now that I've said that, I need to also say this. Learning how to deal with difficult clients is straight up tough. I get it. I totally do. I've been on the receiving end of these situations more than once, and it can totally hurt, like really hurt. It can be hard not to let it feel personal, and it can definitely challenge your confidence in your work, in your business, and in yourself. And if you're like me, you're already a people pleaser, someone that just wants to make everyone all around them happy all the time. I've had my share of interactions where I just wanted to give over the keys to my business and my integrity and hide my head in the sand, hoping that it would just all go away. My first instinct used to be this, run and hide, avert your gaze, avoid your inbox. You can probably guess that this is not what I'm going to recommend. Nope. In fact, that is precisely the wrong approach. Over the years, I've had to learn to overcome my natural instinct to avoid conflict and to face it in a calm, objective, and systematic way. And in that time too, I've come to see that this is actually one of those areas of your business that is so much easier than it seems. If you get the right process and the right mindset in place, complicated customer interactions can be managed quickly and easily. And really, that is the best possible outcome you can reasonably expect in these situations. And hopefully you already know that it's totally unrealistic to expect that running your own business is going to be all sunshine and roses, just one prolonged state of bliss and raving fans. Sure, we might want that, but we gotta start by acknowledging that that's a pipe dream. And that said, I'll still bet you 100 mimosas that even those of you who accept that difficult or tricky clients are par for the course still cringe at it. Honestly, dealing with tricky clients is never going to be my idea of a good time. I hate to see anyone unhappy. I really, truly do. And that's especially true if I'm implicated somehow. Like, ouchie McOucherton's, I did not order all of this pain. Nope. My favorite way to interact is with happy peeps with zero complaints. Know what I mean? But that, sadly, is not so realistic. And really, where's the growth in that? So before I dig into the practical things that you can do to manage tough customers and talk about some things that have worked for me, I want to spend a minute on mindset. This is super important. For starters... If people are occasionally hard to handle, it's probably a good sign. And here's why. If no one is ever upset or critical, it probably means that you're playing things a little too safe. Remember, your business isn't for everyone. And the more bold and unique you are, the more you're going to experience a little pushback or difficulty. And the more you grow and expand your reach, the more you will be reaching the clients that aren't quite the ones you're wishing to work with. Sort of like a growing pain, you know what I mean? So in some ways, having clients who challenge you is proof that you're not complacent. And hey, it often means they care enough about your brand or products to let you know. I'll loop back to this later in the show, but for now, just know that the fact that someone is complaining or giving you a hard time can actually be interpreted as a bit of a compliment. It won't feel like it for sure, but just know that it's not all bad. Okay, so mindset. For so many of you listeners out there, and for me too, our businesses are very much an extension of ourselves. We are at the heart of our brands. So when someone isn't happy with our company or says something cutting about our products or services, it can cut deep and close to home. I already know how hard you've busted your butt to get to where you are. You've worked long hours and late nights on your business. You've probably even traded in some precious family time more than once to make this work. And it's no small thing when someone poops on your hard work, because that was certainly never your intention. Your goal is none other than to delight. I get it. So I'm never going to say shake it off and don't let it bother you because criticism stings and it is sticky and you are human. Have you ever noticed how criticism always seems to linger a lot longer than praise? I know it does for me. I can get 99 positive reviews. I mean, absolutely glowing, delighted clients. But what's the one that I remember? The one that gives me anxiety dreams and destroys my focus. Criticism is like that one friend who comes for a night of hangs and then coach surfs for a week. It hangs around far too long and it ruins your good mood. And how quickly we can forget that we are all just imperfect humans walking the earth, every single one of us. But sometimes in business and in life, we can find ourselves being innate people pleasers, we proceed by trying not to ruffle any feathers or rock any boats while playing everything we do super safe to convey our unwavering likeability. And while pouring your awesomeness into the world is usually a good idea, sometimes we can get so lost in our attempt to gain acceptance that we lose ourselves. And that means losing our voice and losing our place of power where we can approach challenging situations from a place of quiet strength. You know, kind of the opposite of having an anxiety attack and looking for the exit or a quick fix. This is especially true for women, I think, and probably more so for women who are trying something new in our businesses. There are bound to be areas where we don't feel 100% confident or sure or where we slip up and make mistakes and difficult customers can make these vulnerable spots feel like gaping holes. One small complaint can feel like it could bring the whole house down. But here's the thing. You are not for everyone. This is literally impossible. Are you trying to please all of the people all of the time? That's a totally unreasonable goal and a recipe for burnout. And from a business strategy standpoint, trying to please everyone is a fool's errand. It will only end in tears and they will probably be your own. So if you want to dig deeper on this subject, which, guys, seriously is so crucial if you're going to scale and grow, go back and give episode 18 a listen. It's the show where my friends Nat and Kira of Merrill Marketing explain how your business and your brand is not for everyone, and that is perfectly okay. In fact, it's better than okay. It's kind of the goal. Nat and Kira are so excellent at explaining why it's so important to let go of your need to be liked by everyone so that you can show up in a way that serves your biggest fans while also making space for you and your efforts to remain true to your core. So what does that mean in terms of difficult customers? Well, it means that creating a brand or a business that turns some people away is actually encouraged. And hey, there will always be haters and complainers. Always. There will always be people that judge and reject what you are doing. There will always be people that are impossible to please. You need to get comfy with that if building a strong, standout brand and loyal following is something you strive for in your business. So while there are many things in life and business we can't see coming... Could any of us have predicted a global pandemic would derail 2020? I mean, I think Billy Gates did, but I definitely didn't. And many things are still as reliable as finding me cuddled up on the couch with a glass of red on a Friday night. And tricky customers are definitely one of them. As with any certainty, the key is to plan for it in advance and create the right attitude and approach for dealing with it because like death and like taxes, tricky customers are an inevitable part of the gig. So I cannot stress enough how super important it is to be proactive in this area because it's not going to go away and if you haven't experienced it yet, it's a coming and it's only going to get bigger. That's because as your business grows, so will the amount of negative talk and unhappy shoppers. It's simply a numbers game. The percentage of dissatisfied customers should obviously be low, as low as possible, but the overall number will increase as your client volume does. No matter how good your business model is, or how many things you slay, or the amazing amount of people you delight, or the bucket loads of success you find yourself experiencing, disgruntled customers and negative talk is pretty much unavoidable. Okay, so let's get to work. Here's my how-to guide for dealing with tricky customers in a productive, professional way that won't derail your productivity, freak out your staff, and destroy your peace of mind. So, number one, and this is essential, learn how to manage your emotions. My coach, Caitlin Batcher, first said this to me and it constantly rings in my ears in a good way. Your two main responsibilities as a business owner growing an empire are simple. Number one, manage your emotions and number two, measure your results, period. Remember, you have a business to run. Dealing with angry people or sending correspondence while you're in an emotional state is never advisable. I'm actually going to repeat it as Caitlin said it so that it can ring in your ears too. Your primary responsibility as an entrepreneur and CEO of your own little empire is to manage your emotions and measure your results. Negative customer feedback is an example of your results and how you manage your feelings in response to it is on you too. So whether you need to take a deep breath, walk around the block, delegate or even sleep on it, you need to give yourself some space to let those feelings live and then find a place of calm and let them sail. For some people, deep breathing is the way to chill out. For others, a chat with a colleague or a trusted friend can help you to diffuse an ugly mood. For others, a nice Chianti in the bathtub can bring you back to earth. Or is that just me projecting? (laughs) You get it though. Just do whatever works for you. The key here is to deal with the stress privately and quietly and then get a handle on yourself and your feelings before making your next move. Have I done this perfectly in the past? No, no, I have not. But like anything, I get better with practice. And always remember, at the end of the day, you have no control over others' actions or reactions. You can only control yourself and the way you handle the situation. Try to find a place where you think of what they are giving you, the negative feedback, as merely information. Think of it like data if you have to. Okay, moving on to number two, also a super big important one, you need to manage your client's expectations. Negative customer experiences happen when their expectations don't align with the delivery. It is so easy to get caught up in thinking that your unhappy shopper is an unreasonable human or whatever, but when you peel back the layers of the unhappy customer onion, the real problem is likely that you didn't effectively and clearly set their expectations. Maybe they were expecting a Tesla and you delivered a Corolla. Perhaps they assumed that returns or refunds were allowed. Maybe they thought that your service contract included endless revisions and edits. Maybe they thought your service delivery turnaround time was 30 seconds or one hour when it's really four weeks. Okay, maybe I'm exaggerating a little there, but you get the idea. If they don't know exactly what to expect to receive from you and when, you've got a problem. It's your job to communicate these expectations to your clients up front. It's your job to communicate the parameters of your deliverables clearly. If you're promising too much, being too vague, or setting no expectations at all, you have left it all to their wildest dreams, and that's on you, my friend. And hey, I am also guilty of this. So let me just say there's no shame here, only learning. To borrow the words of my son Jude's Taekwondo master, everyone falls down. Everyone. What do we do when that happens? We get back up and we keep fighting the good fight. So here's the workshop part. I want you to take a step back and let's do a little reverse engineering exercise. I want you to start at the ending. What's the final product or service you are selling? Ask yourself, are you communicating that clearly? Then work your way back through the project timeline and sales process. I want you to write down all of those points along the way where you have an opportunity to set your client's expectations. Maybe you need to get more specific in your proposals or contracts. Maybe your staff needs to be reminded to advise customers of your final sale policy. Perhaps you need to make the fine print on your sales page a little bigger. Maybe better signage would help. You get the idea. In my recent interview with Kaylee Dimmick, episode number 32, all about freelancing, she talks about getting every one of her clients to sign a working together agreement. This is a signed document in addition to a service contract where she clearly lays out what to expect when working with her. And she also uses this document as an opportunity to set boundaries around correspondence and deliverables genius, I say. Perhaps a document like this could be just what you need. Head back to episode number 32 to give that interview with Kaylee a listen. And check on your marketing collateral website and any sales materials, including ads or social media posts, to make sure you're not overpromising or being vague there either. Marketers love to promise the moon, but if you can only deliver the stars, then be sure to say so. And whatever it is that you do, whether you're a baker, a consultant, an online retailer, or a bricks and mortar owner, make sure that you're providing consistent service to all of your customers. They talk to each other, you know, and if two customers find out that they paid the same price for vastly different goods or services, this can also add to misunderstandings around what they can expect of you. Oh, hello there, quick question for you. Does taking a great brand or product photo feel like a code you simply can't crack? Do you want to give up trying to create visual assets for your business before you've even started? Well, you're about to discover the secrets to taking powerful brand and product photos while strategically sharing them in a way that will serve your bottom line without adding hours of learning to your already packed up calendar. If you're a business owner, maker, influencer, or affiliate marketer, you already know that showing up online with beautiful imagery is super important. That's why I created this free online training, especially for you to level up your brand and create the kind of imagery that catches the eye of your customer, the kind of imagery you can be proud of. During this retraining, you will learn my four-step framework for taking brand and product photos that will help you improve your sales and attract more customers without being salesy. You will also learn the top four mistakes most people make with brand and product photos and why these mistakes are costing them major profits. So, are you ready to up-level your visual brand assets? I thought so. So, For a limited time only, grab your seat for my free training at kellylawson.ca slash free masterclass. That's kellylawson.ca slash free masterclass. I am so excited to be your teacher and I'll see you in class. Okay, next up, number three, which is inspired by that old saying, the customer is always right. To this, I say, well, no, not exactly. The customer is not always right in the literal sense. And we could also argue that it's only the right customer that's right. But that's all beside the point. Because whether the customer is in fact right isn't what matters. What matters is simply how you handle the situation and how that affects their perception of you. If you've been on Facebook for a quick sec, you probably are already super aware that facts don't win most arguments. So being right or wrong isn't what's going to move the dial here. The thing is, most arguments can be resolved simply with empathy. That's because these are emotional encounters. Being heard, being seen, being showed respect, that's what matters here. So what if you took on this mindset? Every customer service challenge is an opportunity to turn their perception of you around. That doesn't mean you should bend over backwards and let them walk all over you. Not at all. That is not what I mean here. But where there is an opportunity to delight them, why not do that? And if you can't bring yourself to delight land, that's totally okay. Just don't be defensive. Be respectful, be objective, and be confident. Be ready to part ways. Be ready to accept fault or eat costs. Your being gracious looks super terrific on you, by the way. It will go with everything you already have in your closet, and aren't we always on a constant quest for a piece like that? Okay, enough with the silly metaphors. I get it. At the very least, you can welcome this imperfect encounter as research. I said it earlier in the show and it bears repeating. You need these kind of experiences to learn and grow. The part of the customer is always right that is worth considering is what you've learned about yourself and your business from your experience working with them. It is always useful. So please never reject anything a customer gives you, even if it stings like heck. And this is super, super important. You need this experience, this kind of discomfort from time to time in order to grow. And when you start to see patterns, that's when it's time to lean in pay attention, and act to correct whatever it is quickly. This is where removing the emotions and treating the feedback like data is your best kept business growth secret. Okay, this brings me swiftly to number four in my how-to guide for dealing with tricky customers, and that is have a process. If you're a regular listener of this show, and I super hope you are, you know that I loves me a solid system. Putting in transparent processes that you can replicate and outsource is so important. It will literally transform your business because you can guard your limited time and energy instead of squandering these precious resources on tasks that take more out of you than they should. You know, things like dealing with that one cranky client. (laughs) And... Short of maybe dealing with the taxman, I don't think there's any area of business more stressful and energy-sucking than difficult customers. And that's precisely why it's one of the first things you may want to consider outsourcing, in part or whole. In my business, outsourcing was a total game changer, something I cover deeply in episode 25. So if you haven't yet, you might want to go back and give that show a listen. It's all about when and how to find good help. And there's a ton of actionable advice in there you can apply to all areas of your business, including dealing with difficult customers. But even if you're not ready to outsource and offload some of that stress, you can have your own processes. My point is this, by having a method or a system, you can deal with it systematically, objectively, and consistently. This helps to remove the emotion and protect your heart. Maybe part of your plan is to have your VA or virtual assistant deal with incoming correspondence, triaging anything that you don't need to see. Maybe it looks like a template email response to complaints. Perhaps it's a script that keeps you on track during a difficult phone call. Maybe it's a clearly articulated policy around refunds or other requests. In my business, it looks like this. I receive bad news from a client and I sit with it for a bit. You know, earlier when I said, give yourself some space to feel the feels in private, I do that, then I get to work. The first thing I do is make sure to acknowledge to the client that their complaint has been seen and heard. Remember, being heard and validated will work wonders in beginning to diffuse their concerns. Then, if it's a quick fix, I deal with it right then and there. If it's not, I advise of the time frame the client can expect to receive further communication. This might be 24 or 48 hours. This goes back to always be setting expectations, the kind you know you can deliver on. So if it's something that you need to discuss with your team, your business mentor, or your lawyer, be sure to allow yourself enough time to do those things before getting back. And I always recommend tone-checking any written correspondence with your communications team if you have one, or a trusted ally if you don't. And I just wanted to add in here that whenever possible, as cringe-inducing as I'm sure this is for some of you, it can be really helpful to just pick up the phone and hear each other's voices. So much of your good intentions can get lost in the perceived tone of written communications. And then... When you respond, if by email, phone, or in person, make sure you do so objectively. Keep the emotions out of it. If you're still feeling emotional, wait. And for more on the legal side of sending tricky correspondence to clients, make sure you check out episode number 16, where I chat with my friend and amazing lawyer Mel Norton on all things legal when corresponding with clients. Okay, next up, number five, learn to identify patterns. I want you to think about repetitive patterns in your business. You frequently do these things that follow the same basic sequence over and over, such as scheduling, right? Well, the same thing goes for demanding customers. Once you've been in business for a while, you'll start to see that often their complaints are not novel And if different people are giving you grief about the same things over and over, you've got a big flashing neon sign in an area of your business that needs some work. So how to redeem a situation when things have gone off the rails? Well, step one. Acknowledge their grievance. There's nothing worse than someone trying to argue or downplay. If you did truly make a mistake, apologize for it. Reiterate in your own words what it is that you understand from your client. Next, step two is state the facts objectively. No emotions necessary because you already gave yourself space to process those, right? right. Then step three, give options. This is where all that good work you're doing on your process comes in. Maybe it's a bonus offer or a refund. Perhaps you eat costs or expedite part of your project. This is also a prime opportunity to invite your customer into the solution. What do they want? Very often, difficult customers have a clear sense of how they've been let down or wronged and an equally clear idea of how they'd like it to be remedied. If it's a reasonable request, there's your solution. Then, step four, finish your correspondence with what actions you will be taking or not taking and when. Remember, Always be clearly setting expectations. Make it your mantra. I sure wish I would have repeated that to myself more often in my business if I'm being honest. I would also recommend getting a proofreader for your emails and written correspondence. Sending a poorly written email or reply is only going to add insult to injury. Nothing says you give zero you-know-whats more than a sloppy reply. And if it's not well-written it might only add to the confusion. This is one of those times when it pays to have someone review your work before you're hitting send. And if appropriate, invite feedback about your resolution process. Don't be afraid to ask for the customer's input along the way to reaching what is hopefully a happy conclusion to the situation. I think so often we rush through these steps just to get it over and done with because it's such a cringy situation. But if someone is willing to give feedback once, they're most likely going to be okay with sharing it again. So don't be afraid to ask. And whenever you can, serve up a compliment sandwich. Let your customer know you value them. They are important. And clearly, if they are working with you, they've got excellent taste. Without loading it on too thick, err on the side of kindness. Even if inside, what you really want to do is flip them the bird and serve them, well, another kind of sandwich. <laughs> no, my lovelies, rise above, be gracious. In my interview with my lovely friend and razor-sharp entrepreneur Ingrid Monroe, she talks about how she turned a situation with one upset customer into a huge new corporate client and therefore massive growth in her business. So go back and check out episode number 14 to hear her story. A very popular episode if you haven't taken it in already. It's a really good one. Okay, and just one final note on the how-tos. Number six you need to develop discernment. One of the most challenging things in business is distinguishing between a truly bad client, for example, one that's wrong for your business and merely an unhappy or difficult person. You need to make sure the criticism you are taking as serious feedback comes from the right people. Not all feedback is created equally. And over time, if you pay attention to patterns, you'll be able to sniff out who you should listen to and who you can tune out. I think of it like this. Bad clients are simply never going to match my ideal customer avatar. They're wrong for me and probably always will be. Trying to remedy their complaint is basically futile because I don't have what it takes to give them what they need or want. So I deal with them politely and swiftly because we don't have a future together. And that's okay. But ideal customers are right fit clients with legit or maybe not complaints. I take what they say as gospel. I listen to every word of their feedback and use it to make my business better, creating a product or service that is even more perfect for them and other customers just like them. So just to recap, unhappy clients can sting. But remember, We are all only human. Don't let these situations take your focus off of your forward momentum. Be fair, deal with it quickly, and move on. And remember, wherever there is an opportunity to delight, do that. And also, please never underestimate that hidden opportunities and business growth can be born from these uncomfortable situations. And there you have it. So to recap quickly, when dealing with tricky customers, number one is learn how to manage your emotions. Number two is manage your client's expectations. Number three is it doesn't matter who's right or wrong, but how you handle the situation and learn and grow from it. Number four, have a process. Number five, learn to identify patterns. And finally, number six, develop discernment. I hope you feel inspired and well-equipped for embracing tough customers. Never forget, they are giving you unsolicited market research and a beautiful opportunity to get better, grow your business, and keep building your empire of awesomeness. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of the Workshop Weekly Podcast. I really, truly appreciate that I get to hang out in your earbuds or on your car stereo or wherever it is that you're tuning in from week after week. Like, it makes me straight up giddy. So thank you for that. And I will see you at the same time in the same place next week. Bye for now.